This is the first episode in the State Snapshot series uh, put on by GBA. This is just a way to help our members listen to more uh, insights across the states, whether it's um, issue specific or political. Uh, just want to offer uh, great insights to our members. So today on State Snapshots, we have Patrick Thyssen, who is a frequent flyer at GBA. I know many of you have participated in our state tax working group, which happens every two weeks. Um, and uh, Patrick is based in Illinois and serves as a contract lobbyist in Springfield. So welcome, Patrick. And let's just dive right in. How has it been so far in session? We know uh, last time we talked with you, a new Speaker of the House had been elected after a few decades. Um, know that there was a lot of, uh, you know, sort of setting up leadership and rules heading into this year, but anything to share on the uh, 2021 front. Good morning, Meredith, and good morning to your members, and thanks for the opportunity to join you here. Listen, yes, 21 has brought some seismic changes to the Illinois political landscape. In fact, for the first time in 38 years, we have a new Democratic speaker in Illinois. Um, during that uh, time, the Democrats had control of the House all but two years when the Republicans took control during the Contract of America era. Um, while Speaker Madigan is no longer Speaker, and in fact, he has resigned from his seat from the Illinois House. So for the first time in 50 years, he will no longer be part of the political leadership in the House. You know, I saw a, a tweet from someone the other day indicating that there are only three people alive that served in the House when Mike Madigan was not there. Wow, what a statistic. So that is, um, that's some longevity. Um, the, th the third uh, uh, component to this change is that Mike Madigan has also resigned as the Democratic chair of the Illinois Democratic Party. I mean, in fact, last night, Congresswoman Robin Kelly was elected as a new state chair. So that's a little bit of history. That's a little bit of background. That's a little bit to discuss that there's a lot of um, longstanding relationships, um, ways of operation, um, institutional knowledge, um, that is going to be uh, a, be a void. Um, in 2021, the House Democrats elected Chris Welch from Cook County to serve as the new Speaker of the House. And as everybody knows, with the new Speaker comes new leadership, comes a new leadership team, comes a new style, comes changes to the rules, new priorities, new chairs, new committee composition. And in my opinion, um, with the election of a new speaker, um, we're going to see more progressive issues on the agenda in the House. The composition of the House is now more progressive, and uh, they have pushed Speaker Welch to permit more issues to be considered um, in committee and on the floor. Great, great. Well, that is helpful, Patrick, and I know you'll keep us posted as those rules and new processes are put uh, to the test. Yeah. Can I add one other thing, Meredith, real quick? Yeah, so definitely. One thing that's important to point out about the House and the Senate is we look at what the playing field and what the scorecard looks like um, moving into this session. In the, uh, in the 102nd General Assembly, 
uh, the Democrats will maintain a supermajority in both the House and the Senate. Um, in the House of Representatives, there'll be 30, uh, excuse me, 73 Democrats and 45 Republicans. And in the Senate, there'll be 41 Democrats and 18 Republicans. And with that, Patrick, do you anticipate more veto overrides? Right, I know supermajorities in some states, you know, that does make it more conducive for overrides or have the progressive caucuses not quite made the, you know, percentage increases within the Democratic caucus uh, in order to do that. Yeah, so this session is gonna be really interesting in a number of fronts. There has been some, um, some disappointment, if I guess the best word to say is, amongst the, um, the House and the Senate Democratic members and Governor Pritzker. And in fact, um, his decoupling language during the fall veto session that he uh, pushed um, was put on hold because there were some priorities they felt needed to be addressed prior to them um, being willing to uh, take on that issue. As a result, that issue will be considered in, in the spring. But, um, you know, the governor is heading into the third year of his, uh, of his term. And, um, you know, it's hard, to, it's hard to believe, and I can't believe I'm gonna say this, but 2022 election isn't far away. And um, there is going to be a lot of priorities that uh, are going to be brought forward that uh, may have some political ramifications. Yeah, that's great. So switching gears a little bit, let's talk more about Governor Pritzker. Can you share any key tax issues uh, that recently came up in the governor's budget address? I know that happened a few weeks ago. Yeah, so Meredith, great question. Let me, um, let me address that two ways. First one is uh, while um, you and I often live this and breathe this because we understand the fiscal uh, condition of the state of Illinois. I'm going to, our listeners, I'm going to kind of highlight one, where we're at from a fiscal standpoint, and two, and discuss um, the governor's budget address if that works. Yep. Okay. First one is um, the uh, state of Illinois um, has a $9.1 billion uh, estimated general fund backlog. The second part is we have about a $4 billion structural budget deficit from the 2020-2021 budget. Third, we have $130 billion in unpaid pension obligations. And lastly, to tie it up, um, in November, the Illinois voters rejected a constitutional amendment to create a graduated income tax. Um, part of Governor Pritzker's budget was tied to passage of that constitutional amendment. So therefore, we have an additional void uh, in state finances. Um, the second part of that question is, what priorities do we see the governor taking on? Um, on February 17th, Governor Pritzker outlined his proposed FY22 budget, um, which totaled $41.6 billion and relies on $1 billion in new taxes um, on Illinois employers and job creators. Um, some of the highlights of that, uh, I would like to point out that uh, he is looking to change. Um, one, he would like to cap the net equity operating income loss deduction at $100,000 per year. He wants to eliminate the manufacturer's purchase credit. Um, he wants to align treatment of the foreign source of dividends to treatment on, on domestic source dividends. He wants to reduce 100% accelerated depreciation of equipment, accelerate the expiration of the exemption on biodiesel, 
reverse the repeal of a corporate franchise tax, cap retailers discount, reset the tax credit for private school scholarships, and eliminate a new add-on income tax credit for construction job payroll expenditures. Um, so as you can see, there's a, a lot on the table there, and there'll be a lot that'll be open for discussion. Um, we anticipate because of the introduction of um, Water's Edge legislation in the House and the Senate, um, that, that issue too will be on the table um, for consideration. Yeah, thanks, Patrick. And actually, let's go there. Let's jump to combined reporting. You know, just yesterday, the GBA State Tax Working Group met. Again, that is a biweekly series that gets together every Wednesday or every other Wednesday. And uh, we did spend some time talking about this combined reporting proposal that was recently introduced in Illinois. And just for members um, to keep a close eye on, again, I, I track these types of proposals in our Water's Edge um, section of our state tax working group. And um, yeah, so Patrick, why don't you talk to me a little bit about these proposals and sort of where they're coming from, maybe a little bit of what's driving these conversations. We obviously know that the revenue outlook is pretty uh, challenging in Illinois especially with those uh, unfunded pension liabilities. So talk to me a little bit about combined reporting and is this an issue that's come up the last few years or is this sort of a, a first crack at the bat? So as, as you noted, Meredith, a lot of this is a result of the need for additional revenue in Illinois. Uh, back in 2019, many of these proposals were um, embraced by Governor Pritzker um, and signed into law as tools to foster economic growth. And we're part of a budget agreement with Republican lawmakers. Unfortunately, because of the dire financial condition, um, there's gonna be a lot of pain <clears throat> in Illinois. And um, we are going to see a number of issues that are going to be discussed. Um, one other one that I did not highlight that I think is probably off the table, uh, primarily because of the seismic boom that it would send throughout the tax community and the corporate community is the single sales factor. And the single sales factor is one that um, was passed about 10 years ago. I happened to be at McDonald's Corporation and was part of the group that worked to uh, get that adopted. And, and that has been such an important uh, component for um, businesses that operate in Illinois. But there's going to be a lot of discussion that is going to that is going to go on um, in both behind uh, scenes and publicly as we debate these issues, because um, people are going to be concerned of the kind of black eye that could give Illinois in terms of uh, businesses that are looking to grow and invest. And uh, Meredith, uh, you and your team did such an outstanding job um, recently. Um, highlighting the impact that um, your members have um, on the growth opportunities, um, on investment um, and participation um, in the Illinois economy. So uh, those, are, those examples are so important as um, you um, lead uh, the opportunity for your members to educate and inoculate leaders on the impact um, GB, uh, GBA members have on um, the state's economy. 
Yeah, thanks, Patrick. And that's a great plug for our state fact sheets, which we just launched last week, updated with the latest and greatest BEA data. That's the Bureau of Economic Analysis. We know that those are going to be really important pieces for um, our educational work with policymakers. And it really helps demonstrate the importance of international companies and strengthening the economic resiliency of states. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit about engagement. Uh, you know, Patrick and I have been talking about putting together a series of meetings just to do some introductory. What is GBA? Who we are? What's important to us? And how how our companies do contribute to the economic success of the state? So, any thoughts about who are some of the key legislative leaders we should be targeting, and that you and I are going to get working on in terms of scheduling some um, meetings coming up here in the next few weeks? Yeah, absolutely. So, Mary, that, that that's a great question, and 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 as as everybody knows, it is so important. Um, to an edu educate uh, decisions on, excuse me, legislative leaders on issues that are important to your business. You know, there is going to be um, lots of discussion on issues that uh, are going to impact one way or another, positively or negatively, um, uh, your members' bottom bottom line. Um, so, if, if I could, I'm a, I'm a real quick if. Before, before I start getting into actual uh, names of people, which uh, I'm more than happy to do, um, I'm going to kind of go through the legislative calendar, if you will. So, yeah, great. session started in Illinois, and it uh, began in mid-January. We had the governor's uh, budget address in state of the state, and then um, we are scheduled to adjourn on May 31st. Um, the House deadline for new substantive bills not appropriation bills was on February 19th and the Senate deadline was last Friday, February 26th. So the next big date uh, for us is the uh, March 26th deadline to pass bills out of the committee uh, in the House and the Senate. So, you know, a lot of our work is going to need to focus on um, the, that date and we're going to start to see um, proposals that will be posted for committee. Um, you know, we're still in a kind of state of flux here uh, because all the uh, committee um, meetings are done online and virtually, um, which is a, a change for everybody. And um, it's going to be important really for us to um, figure out ways to navigate with our members and your members um, opportunities to educate here. So um, having said that, some of the key members that we're going to want to we're going to spend time with um, are obviously we're going to want to uh, we're going to want to spend time with the two sponsors of the bill, the bills that we have seen uh, House Bill 3477, which is the water edge proposal by Representative Ramirez, who um, also is in um, the House leadership, and then Senate Bill 2126, uh, which was introduced by Senate Senator Peters. So uh, those are obviously two important uh, opportunities for education. Um, a couple of the other ones would be um, the Senate Chair of the Revenue Committee, Senator Hutter, Hunter, and then of House, the House uh, Revenue Committee Chair, uh, Representative Zaleski. So those are uh, key people that uh, you know we're going to want to spend um, time with uh, and discuss. You know, uh, and also we're going to want to obviously meet with our counterparts uh, for the Republican side. Uh, the Republicans minority spokesmen and each one of those committees. 
Yeah, that sounds like a great lineup and for members listening who are interested in getting involved with some of these meetings. I have a short list of uh, folks who have a significant presence in the state, but we are open and welcoming any members who want to get engaged in those type, types of legislative introductory meetings. Um, and we really enjoyed having Representative Demmer in last year. So thank you again for facilitating that and helping us uh, get him. He was a great uh, had provided great perspectives as a minority leader in the house. So. Uh, one more question, and you know, we talked a lot about tax and budget, which is obviously going to be the focus of the session, first part of the session here. And thank you again for articulating the committee deadlines and sort of the timing and flow of session. You know, Buy America is an issue that we know has been around in Illinois for the last few years, but mm -hmm. we didn't really hear much during the pandemic or during 2020 about those proposals moving significantly. I, I do think there were some bills that were introduced, but any updates or insights on Buy American? I know you have some history here on the issue. Yeah, so great question. Um, Buy American is is going to be an, an issue in Illinois, um, mainly because of our uh, the union strength in Illinois, and um, that is a priority for um, for the union leadership. Um, we have uh, seen proposals introduced over the last couple of years by Representative Jay Hoffman. Jay uh, has moved those bills out of the House on a couple occasions, and they have uh, have not moved any further um, in the Senate. You know, I do think, um, you know, listen, we all know Illinois, and Illinois is a very political state. I think part of that is there's some political posturing there, and um, that's election, great election um, issue to run on and talk about with your constituents and discuss the importance of. So we are going to continue to see those proposals. There's no doubt in my mind about it. Um, I think uh, we've done a good job, uh, Meredith, with, with last session when you came down and we do, did some, some education of key leaders on the impact of those. And uh, that's part, that's the, one of the critical components of, of, uh, of our advocacy is um, we all know that uh, government relations is a team sport and that uh, everybody being involved and in, in educating. I used to tell a story about, um, I, I, I used to work for Speaker Madigan. And back uh, way back when, when he first was actually first elected speaker in 1983. And I tell a story about uh, the fact that when we would get back in the days when you had the pink slips for calls that came in pre voicemail, pre internet, um, when we would get six or seven calls about an issue, it was, it was an alarm. It was a red flag. <laughs> So think about it today and the opportunity with social media and everything else, the impact that we collectively can have on an issue by engaging in uh, the GBA continuing to educate their members on the importance of being involved is we can get legislators attention and we can help them understand the impact, both positive or negative, of the, of the proposals that, they're, um, that they put forth. Yeah, great. So, uh, Patrick. Well, this isn't a GBA priority. I know many of our members are watching data privacy, consumer information protection issues happening across the country. We all know that there was significant legislation that passed in California. We just saw um, Virginia pass the second sort of data privacy bill in the nation. And I know that this has been a topic in Illinois. Where is this falling in the legislative priorities for 2021? 
It's a great question, Meredith. So it, it is a priority and it is an issue. Data privacy is one that we are going to um, continue to see um, an escalation in the type and number of issues that, that uh, are brought forward. Uh, the biggest one that's on the forefront is BIPA, the Biometric Information Privacy Act. Um, we're all aware of the court case um, against Facebook um, and the settlement where individual users are going to get a pretty sizable check, I believe, for $350 uh, per individual user as a result of the Facebook settlement. So uh, that has obviously um, sent shockwaves through the business community. And um, there's a desire by um, a number of uh, individuals in the legislature, um, along with um, the business community to clean up that language, um, to make sure that um, that law that was passed decades ago um, is, is, is archaic in, in, some, in some ways. And, uh, and obviously there's a need to uh, modernize it, if you will. Great. Well, again, not a priority for GBA, but I know many members are keeping close tabs on those proposals, both at an international level, as well as um, states popping up with these types of proposals now. Well, thank you, Patrick. That's all for my kind of plan policy state insights questions, but I did want to finish up with one fun one. Um, you know, what is a member product or service that you have in your house or have seen recently? This is something I want to start doing. Just, you know, we've got such a great list of members that cover so many different sectors and make so many products and offers offer different services. So kind of put you on the spot here. Any GBA member products or services you want to identify? So absolutely. So <laughs> when, when last session when we were in Springfield. Uh, Meredith and I were leaving a, I believe it was a legislative reception, was it not? And yep. uh, we walked by the governor's mansion and Meredith um, observed and keenly took a picture of a generator that uh, is uh, a member product, correct? Correct. I identified a Daikin HVAC outside of the governor's mansion in Springfield. So, uh, you know, hope, hopefully we'll be able to travel again soon, maybe the second half of this year, but wanted to share that fun note about my, one of my last work trips in 2020 was in Springfield. And of course I had my eyes out for any member uh, footprint in Springfield. So that was fun. Well, great. Thank you again, Patrick, for joining the very first episode of State Snapshots. Again, we're trying to do these more on demand uh, programming for our members to sort of bring them state specific news or issue updates as they arise. Uh, so thank you again, Patrick. I'm, I'm sure you'll be back again on a future episode. Thank you for the opportunity to speak with you. <laughs>